What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 184 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow, and share the link with your friends. And you can go one further, that is to get two friends to listen to this episode and commit to chatting with them about that and see what comes out of it. If you'd like to get our curriculum, you can get the paperback or ebook of From Ashes to Destiny on Amazon. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled Unwanted, Ignored, or Misunderstood. Welcome back to episode 184 of the HD From Attic to Disciple podcast entitled Unwanted, ignored, or misunderstood. I want to give a big welcome to my friends in recovery from the U.S., South Africa, and Australia for their participation in this group episode. As before, I'll be keeping them anonymous, but I'll be saying their answers as if we're having a live group meeting. Guys, thanks for making yourself available again. The question for today's episode came out of feedback from episode number 178. So for listeners, if you haven't listened to 178 yet, I'd invite you to go back there. And here's your question, guys. One issue in recovery is developing compassion for those parts of ourselves that are unwanted, ignored, or misunderstood by those we care about. Can you share one part of yourself that is important to you but not so much to others. Ben, you usually start us off, how about today? Sure, David. I think the part of me that is important to me and not so much to others is that I genuinely want to help people get out of whatever quicksand they're in. I'm willing to spend time and energy to help them, but all too often the result is only to have them either not take the advice I'm giving them or to actually step over me and just move on to the next person. That leaves me feeling like I've gotten burnt out with them wasting my time. I guess what I'm saying is it's easy for me to get burnt out. I genuinely want to help people and I don't want a small handful of folks that abuse me wanting to help them to make me become bitter, angry, and throw in the towel on being a person who wants to help others. Yes, Ben, it's tough, and all of us who work in recovery have felt that. You know, it's tough when we're feeling like we're giving our time to someone who's just trying to use us, or we're putting in more effort than they are, or if we give the wrong answers that they didn't want to hear, they just move on to somebody else. Charlie, what do you think about this topic? For me, David, people don't understand that I'm always thinking of other people first and having a real desire to get to know them and share in moments of togetherness. It's kind of funny even saying, as someone possibly dealing with borderline personality disorder and definitely dealing with the disease of self, but seriously, I have an undeniable passion to make people laugh, accomplish their goals, and to have it as easy as possible for them to do it. 
I often wake up thinking of someone and just wishing we could talk or spend time or that I had the time or money to take them and enjoy a moment in life together. So many times I'll hold the door extra long because I saw the mother with her arms completely full and knew after a few others passed by that they would need some help. Now, I'm not perfect and I can't always get there, but that's my heart. It really is and has been since I was a young boy. Often people think that he held the door for the lady so he could hit on her or this guy's trying to steal my job or that guy's a people pleaser who's acting in an unhealthy manner. No, not 99% of the time. It's just the absolute love of the Lord filled my heart. And I've had this my whole life growing up in farm country where the community was one huge family who helped each other. It's in my blood, my heart, and I can't turn it off if I want to. I mean, why would I? But others don't understand. And often it leaves me in a relationship that is perceived as inappropriate or like I'm out to get something. I'm not trying to get those things, folks, but I am trying to get a smile on your face, a warming of your heart, and a sense of being someone somebody believes matters, that there's a good place for all of us in this place we call Earth. So true, Charlie. There are so many people who try to second-guess other people's intentions and motives because of their own thoughts. And that can make us definitely feel unwanted or unappreciated. Eddie, what do you think about this topic? Sure, David, that episode number 178 really stirred something that I had a silent passion about. The country that I live in has a huge addiction problem. The government and families seem to not be educated enough on how to deal with this issue. Over the years, there's been this passion growing inside of me to help others who are affected by this disease of addiction. It started with an ex-rehab counselor who once told me that at their center, they don't deal with addicts, but with the heart, as that's where it all begins. That's why when I see an addict, I empathize with them, as I know that they're most likely begging inside for help to overcome this disease. They just don't have the correct resources to guide them. Whenever I try to explain my journey, I always tell people of you, David, and how you've impacted families and communities with your books, podcasts, and your passion for people. I know that firsthand. I've developed a portion of your passion. My wish would be able to go out and testify what Christ has done for me and be able to give back to those that need to know the truth, but also be able to be educated on how to find a passion that will lead them to not relapse again, to never miss the bus again. Whenever I've chatted with family and friends, they brush me off with the statement that the problem is bigger than me. So I sit back knowing that they are most probably right and I'm not in the position to quit my other job. I have no idea where to start. There are probably far more qualified people than I am that are probably already doing it anyway. So I step back every time, sit on my hands, and just let the desire be pushed to the back burner.
Shaw Eddie. I just want to let you know and encourage you, you're already reaching people all around the world through these group podcast episodes, and I appreciate it, as do the listeners. And maybe we need to plan a trip for me to join you in Australia and start launching something in your town. Harry, what do you think? Well, David, the one thing to me that is of utmost importance is accountability. We have to be accountable. Addicts like us lack discipline, boundaries, and honesty. The one thing that kept me in line was accountability. My late pastors all knew me too well and decided that if I'm going to use, I need to be honest about it to someone. I was taught that being accountable to someone helps develop character. Being accountable to someone helped me in times of withdrawals as I knew that I had to tell the individual I was accountable to that I was using. And the embarrassing discussion that was going to follow with my own personal hurt and pain, I didn't want to let myself down or the person I was accountable to. Now I've tried to introduce accountability to the local addicts where I live, but it's been difficult. I've taken the same approach that was used with me, and I will continue to shed love on the addict the same that way that it was shed on me. Many people don't believe that an addict can commit to accountability, but I'm living proof that it is possible. So that's my misunderstood part. Well, Harry, it is difficult to introduce accountability to addicts early in recovery as they don't even trust themselves. So why should they trust you? I've heard that over and over again. Freddie, our newcomer again, welcome back, and we'll let you close us out again today. Thanks, David, and thanks, guys. One part of myself that's important to me, but not so much to others, is self-worth and feeling that I'm good enough. I learned that self-worth has to come from within myself. My addiction was an escape from the anxiety and depression that burdened me since I was in grade school. What cured all of my problems? Drinking. Well, it worked till it didn't work anymore. I felt like I was an actor living a double life. It was the last months of my 38th year of drinking at the age of 53 that I tried to take my own life. Miraculously, I survived with no complications. I went from the nut hut to rehab, and this was the start of my recovery. I needed to heal in so many ways. Working the steps has given me peace, power of spirituality, and purpose to give to others. So I try to keep it simple and see my self-worth in the aspects of my life. Good stuff, Freddie. Thanks for your input. And, you know, just be assured that guilt and shame from our years of addiction make it hard for all of us to find self-worth. And I um, um, just want to give you props for making that a key area for you to stay in touch with. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you were saying, that's me, I've felt 
ignored, unwanted, misunderstood quite a few times. Then it's time now to reach out and join a group. You can message me on the link in this podcast or by email at davidfromhd at gmail.com or go to my website www.fromhd.org and click on the contact page. If you're listening on Spotify, you can leave your comments by clicking on the link they provide in that platform. Tune in Monday for our next episode. And as always, stay safe and stay resilient.